Frustrations and divisions are intensifying up on Capitol Hill as House Republicans continue their struggle to elect a speaker. And there doesn't appear to be any end to the impasse in sight. Let's discuss more with CNN political, uh, senior political analyst and senior editor at The Atlantic, Ron Brownstein. Uh, Ron, uh, what, a, what a mess. Uh, we, yeah. we tried to talk to uh, Congressman Tim Burchett about this earlier in, in, in the last hour. He acknowledged it's not a good look. But I, and I played this for, uh, for Burchett, and um, he, he said he's been called worse. But let's listen to what Kevin McCarthy said about these eight Republicans who voted to oust him on. Ask about it on the other side. The crazy eights led by Gates, the amount of damage they have done to this party and to this country <clears throat> is insurmountable. We are in a very bad position as a party, one that has won the majority, one that America has entrusted us with, that a simple eight people have put us in this place. Ron, I thought the Crazy Eights was a card game I played with my mom when I was a kid. But anyway, putting that to the side, um, didn't Kevin McCarthy put himself in this place? Did he put himself in this position? Yeah, he was the ninth, right? I mean, I, you know, he put himself in this position literally by accepting the, uh, the, you know, the demand from his critics on the right that a single member be allowed to uh, propose to vacate the chair, something that had never been successfully uh, done before in the House. But I would argue that was really just one example in his broader strategy, his strategy throughout his, you know, short-lived speakership was to make concession after concession to the right and expect the uh, the members from more competitive districts to go along. And he did that over and over on, you know, launching an impeachment inquiry, for example, without any hard evidence. Um, and I think he gave the eight and their allies every reason to believe that if they pushed hard enough, he would buckle. And then when he didn't, on keeping the government open, they, you know, they, they used the weapon that he had provided them all those months ago. And uh, I, I, the other thing that I guess has to be talked about in all of this is not just uh, whether or not they can get to a, a candidate who can become Speaker of the House, but what the ground rules will be for that particular speaker. Is that is that new right. speaker going to have to abide by the rules that McCarthy agreed to, which is that one person could file the motion to vacate or bring a motion to vacate and and get you booted out of the job of speaker. I can't imagine the next person is going to want that. Yeah, well, right. I mean, they're certainly not going to want that, Jim, but can yeah. they get 217 votes on the floor unless they agree to it? I mean, you know, we don't know whether the uh, the, the kind of the, the, the dissenters, the dissenters on the right have felt enough pressure to back down on that. But if they hold firm and say, look, we're not voting for you unless you maintain that provision, you're not getting to 217 at that point. And so, yeah. you know, th there may be no way around it. And let's talk about Jim Jordan, um, the, the rise of the moderate Republicans. Uh, they voted three times to deny him the speakership. Uh, some of these folks were the appropriators. It was sort of like the old establishment Republican Party coming back for, uh, for some revenge against their MAGA, more MAGA colleagues. Is this the beginning of the establishment Republicans standing up to these hardliners? What do you think? Well, maybe it's the limit of how far they would go. I mean, to me, the real point of the Jordan attempt was that 90% of House Republicans were willing to elevate to the speakership the me a member who not only supported Trump's efforts to subvert the 2020 election, but was arguably more extensively involved in them, participated right. in them more, more broadly than any other single member of Congress. I mean, there is no more dramatic 
a statement of how much of the party has normalized, uh, tried to normalize and whitewash what happened after the 2020 election. You know, I look at it somewhat similar to uh, you know what we saw in the what we see in the presidential race, where something like 60 or 65 percent of the Republican Party uh, is willing uh, to accept Trump again, despite everything that he did. The difference, of course, is that in the House, he, you could get even higher than that and still fall short because the, the majority is so narrow. But it basically sends the same message about the party that we are in a situation where the bulk of the Republican electorate and the bulk of the Republican leadership is basically saying they do not view the attempt to overturn the 2020 election that culminated in January 6th as disqualifying for leadership. Yeah. And that is an ominous yeah. position for the country to be in. And just very quickly, I don't know if you could do this in 30 seconds or less, your sense of right. President Biden really inserting himself diplomatically, uh, any political risks, uh, inserting himself diplomatically in the crisis between Israel and Hamas. Sure. This is exactly the kind of complex crisis that Biden has argued that he is suited to handle uh, by dint of his long experience in Washington. If there is any way for him to transmute concern about his age into confidence in his experience, it is exactly through the managing of this kind of very complex crisis that requires him to balance multiple goals like disabling Hamas without uh, precipitating a wider war and keeping open the long range diplomatic efforts that he uh, that he uh, has pursued and that Trump pursued to try to reorient the region uh, toward greater normalcy between Israel and its Arab neighbors around the goal, common goal of countering Iran. Yeah. And the president just told reporters he's still talking to the Israelis. So that dialogue continues. We'll see what, what kind of impact it has on the this situation. This is the job he says there. he was hired to do. Yeah. yeah. All right. Ron Brownstein, always great to talk to you. Wish we had tons of time. Just don't have it this evening. But thanks a lot, as always. We appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Jim.